the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Because we as a country are celebrating Independence Day, it is our tradition at His Life to profess our continued dependence on the one who truly made us eternally free. It is a freedom that is secured by our God through the completed work of Christ. As a country, I must say that it is sad that we are not celebrating what we are, but what we have been. It is a grievous thing to watch the devolution of a country that once was great by, by virtue of its determination to trust God, to put its hope in God and faith in God. But now our history has been changed by many. It has been revised and agendized to empower the wicked in their godless schemes. Lawlessness and anarchy are allowed to threaten people while our monuments are being destroyed, defaced, and systematically disappearing. And unfortunately, the majority of our lawmakers stand passively by and congratulate themselves on their sensitivity to the lawless, to the looters, to those who would steal from us. This is not the America that our founding fathers envisioned. In the beginning, pilgrims, pilgrims came to this land to escape oppression and religious persecution, looking for a place to live as God would allow, with liberty, freedom to worship. Our country was founded upon the church and the Christian home. When our founding fathers met to compose the Constitution, they wanted to somehow secure this country, this country's liberty, and protect against the tyranny and oppression of a heavy-handed government. Each session was opened with prayer, and they wrote... It is by the creation of God that we before him and before the laws of justice are equal and free. Our Constitution was forged in prayer and humble dependence upon the God who holds all things together by his word. Upon attending a session of the American Congress, it was asked, which one of these men is George Washington? And they were told, when the Congress prays, The man who gets on his knees is George Washington. He was our country's first president. 
Those men who wrote our Constitution could have looked to the models of their day to form a government, but they didn't. They could have determined to establish a monarchy, but a monarchy that can grant freedom can also take freedom away. They could have established a parliament, but a parliament again that guarantees rights can determine to restrict them. They could have, like France, had our liberties guaranteed by the, the will of the majority, but the same majority can surrender its will and its freedoms to a corrupt leadership. So they look to the author of man's salvation, the guarantor of true freedom and liberty. In the room where the Constitution was birthed, there was humble prayer and the Word of God. In Psalm 33, verses 11 and 12, it says, The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The thoughts and the plans of his heart through all generations. Blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people who have chosen him and whom he has chosen as his own inheritance. Do you know God chose you as an inheritance if you're a child of God? There are some quotes that I have read to y'all before, most of you here, but they bear witness of the faith and testimony of those whom God allowed to play a very big part in the forming of our government. John Quincy Adams, he asks, Why is it that next to the birthday of the Savior of the world, your most joyous and venerated festival returns are on this day, the 4th of July? Is it not that in the chain of human events, the birthday of a nation is indissolubly linked with the birthday of the Savior, that it forms a leading event in the progress of the gospel dispensation? Is it not that the Declaration of Independence first organized the social compact on the foundation of the Redeemer's mission upon the earth, that it laid the cornerstone of human government upon the precepts, first precepts of Christianity? John Adams said, The general principles upon which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. I will avow that I believed and now believe that those general principles of Christianity are as eternal and immutable as the existence and attributes of God. July 4th ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by the solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. Patrick Henry stood and said, It cannot be emphasized too clearly and too often that this nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians, not on religion, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this very reason, peoples of other faiths have been afforded asylum, prosperity, and freedom of worship here. Alexander Hamilton said, For my own part, I sincerely esteem it, the Constitution, a system without which, without the finger of God, never could have been suggested and agreed upon by such a diversity of interest. That was said in the 1787 Constitutional Convention. Benjamin Franklin 
said this in a speech at that same convention, God governs the, in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured in the sacred writings that except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this. I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. This nation, having been founded on faith and upon the general principles which God articulates in his word and proves through the lives of men, has left its first love. Many in the government have forsaken the wisdom of God and have seemingly embraced foolishness and absurdity. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 19, it is written, For this world's wisdom is foolishness, absurdity, and stupidity with God. For it is written, He lays hold of the wise in their own craftiness. Now we have seen a great deal of foolishness being upheld by the world as wisdom. They refuse to see the path of destruction they are on. But Christian, that is their path. That is their path. They have chosen it. They have rejected the truth and wisdom who is our God. Romans chapter 1 verse 21 says, Because when they knew and recognized him as God, they did not honor him and glorify him as God or give him thanks. But instead they became futile and godless in their thinking with vain imaginings and foolish reasonings and stupid speculations and their senseless minds were darkened. When you refuse to recognize him as God in your thinking, in your feeling, in your soul, when you are despairing, when you are fearful, when you are trusting in something other than Jesus, you are like the godless. Your minds are darkened because you are not focused upon the light. This nation once declared itself a Christian nation, but now it seems more concerned with protecting man's right to be profane and wicked than upholding morality. Many ask, how can we possibly continue? Well, in the book of Second Kings, we read of the mighty, great Assyrian army of Sennacherib that had conquered most of the ancient world. And Sennacherib had laid siege to Jerusalem and sent a letter to the king Hezekiah demanding the surrender of the city, which would mean total destruction and the slavery of all those who were allowed to live. Hezekiah went to the house of God and he fell on his knees before the Lord. And as he prayed, the Lord sent a prophet to say, This battle is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. That night, one angel, one solitary angel of the Lord passed over the enemy. And the next morning, 185,000 of their soldiers lay dead. We are not of this world. We are the children of God. And we are held by Him. We are not diminished in our testimony or limited in ministry. We will not retreat from darkness, for we are light. 
Let us press forward in the armor of God. The battle for the souls of men, the battle for truth, the battle for justice belongs to the Lord. But as Americans, do we have cause to grieve? Yes. But as the children of the sovereign God, we have a greater hope, don't we? We have a liberty that goes well beyond that which is guaranteed by our Constitution. Laws cannot ensure or secure the heart of man. They're used in the hope of controlling man's behavior. However, behavior is but the fruit of the heart. And until man receives a new heart through his faith in Christ, the law will continue to lose ground. You, Christian, have been given a liberty that is secured by the Spirit of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage, freedom. That's what you receive. Despite the teaching of some of our universities, this country was founded by men of faith and afforded liberty in order that faith in God might flourish and grow. You will not find such freedom in other countries because the purpose of their governments is to enrich the few while controlling and captivating the many. But you, child of God, have been freed from that tyranny. You've been freed from the tyranny of sin and self. As a child of God, you're a part of the kingdom of God and carry the undiminished, unchangeable truth within you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 says, Now we have not received the spirit that belongs to this world. We have not received the spirit that belongs to this world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God, given to us that we might re realize and comprehend and appreciate the gifts of divine favor and blessing so freely and lavishly bestowed on us. I see Christians trying to settle and comprehend and trying to understand the spirit of this world. We have not been given the spirit of this world. It is not for us to embrace. It is not for us to understand. It is not for us to dissect and make it our own. It is not our spirit. We have been given the spirit of Almighty Holy God. A spirit whose design is to bring us into the very fellowship and presence of God. A spirit that connects us with the one true legislator, with the one true justice, with the truth that we need and so desperately need to establish within our souls. He is our balance. He is our hope. Many Christians refuse to yield to the Holy Spirit. So they have no comprehension or apprehension of what we have in Christ. That's why they're reaching out to other things. They look to the world or this nation or they hope in the government to give them what they need for life. And if you have lost hope, you have been hoping in the wrong thing. Christian, we do not need hope in a system. We are not to hope in a system or a party or a government. But the one true hope, with a capital H, the person of Jesus. 
Hear the truth, child of God. This nation that we love is only as great as the God it upholds. It is the presence of the Spirit of God in you that brings true peace and balance to your souls. John chapter 16 verse 33, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world you have tribulation and distress and suffering, but be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. Those are commands. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished. My victory is abiding. Yield to Jesus And you will have a victory that no government can confer on you or take from you. Child of God, you were created for joy. You were created for liberty, uh, the liberty of praise and prayer. These are the Christian's inherent rights given to us at our new birth through our union with Jesus Christ. Worship the true God and you will stand in truth. Do not despair, for the glory of God is established in us. And we will remain one nation under God forever. As children of God, our currency in life will always be in God we trust. As children of God, there will always be prayer in our schools because where we are, prayer never ceases. As children of God, we know that justice will prevail for he is our justice. We are the people of God and our citizenship is as secure and established as the throne of the Almighty God. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a consecrated nation, a special people for God's own possession. That's what you are for. You are for his own possession. Why? So that you may proclaim the excellencies, the wonderful deeds and virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I need to hear that from the people of God. I need to hear the people of God proclaiming the excellencies and the virtues and the truth of his sovereignty and the power and the glory of the God they call their own. Don't you? You are a holy nation that is consecrated unto the Lord. We should not walk about either in confidence or the security of the temporal. We are established in His love for us, inseparable, immovable, unending embrace of our God. We're established in Him. We proclaim His excellencies by our living While we live in this country that affords us such liberty, we must live this life by faith, not by sight. For our true liberty is eternal, and our citizenship is in Christ. Ephesians 2, verse 19. Therefore, you are no longer outsiders, exiles, migrants, and aliens, excluded from the rights of citizenship. And you now share citizenship with the saints, God's own people consecrated and set apart for himself. You belong to God's own household. You want to know where you belong? That's it. You belong to his household. As his children, you are free to enjoy his love, his life. You only need to determine by faith to do so. 
What this world calls freedom is slavery to sin and self, to the appetites of the flesh. What this world calls liberty are the chains of those fleshly appetites. The children of God have a freedom no one can deny. Christ made us free. Christ made us free. We have a peace that surpasses all understanding because it's not based in our flesh or in our circumstances. We walk in victory secured by the Son of God. Our spirits are free to worship in spirit and in truth. The world may seek to silence the worship of God's anointed, but the heavens echo with the praise of the new creation. Our voices will never be silent. Galatians 5 verse 1. In this freedom Christ has made us free, completely liberated us. Stand fast then, and do not be hampered, and held ensnared, and submit again to a yoke of slavery which you have once put off. God has blessed America with his greatest gift, his children. Be salt and light. Yield to the life of Christ and bring purity and illumination to wherever you go. Jesus is our hope, not just for eternity, but for every moment. This world is not out of control. It is being held together by our God so that it might be the place of birth for our children. God is at work in the country. And the children of God that live here are slowly being pushed either to despair or joyful dependence upon Him. There's purpose in it. Live to the world and despair. Live to Him and have hope. If we have lost hope, we've lost our true focus. Hope is the person of Christ. Christ in you is truly the Christian's hope. I have no idea where this country will end, but I know where I will. Our hope is secure in Him. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. Therefore, see that you walk carefully. Live life with honor, purpose, and courage. Shunning those who tolerate and enable evil. Not as the unwise, but as wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people. Making the most of the very most of your time on the earth. Recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity. And using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. Titus 2 verses 13 and 15 says, speaking of us, Awaiting and looking for the fulfillment, the realization of our blessed hope, even the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, who gave himself on our behalf, that he might redeem us, purchase our freedom from all iniquity, and purify for himself a people to be peculiarly his own, people who are eager and enthusiastic about living life that is good and filled with beneficial deeds. Are you eager and enthusiastic about living life? That's a question. Unfortunately, I see many Christians who seem despairing, hopeless, lethargic in their faith. If that is the case for you, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world can and will grow strangely dim 
in the light of His glory and grace. You can turn away from being fixated with the issues of this world. You can turn away from the general hopelessness and despair that is being pushed on us continually. You can embrace the truth that you are not living and standing in your own strength or the strength of this nation or the strength of the government. You're living and standing in the strength of your God who has called you to Himself. A peculiar people who are selected and consecrated to be His own inheritance, to be carried in His arms, to be known by Him who live in His purpose, who live by His anointing, who literally are endued with His power and have strength to live not just in this world, but for eternity, because we have been called His own. And we will not despair of our situation, because the calling we have is the highest calling that any of the Godhead could name, and that is to be the child of God. Would you set it aside for the despairing hopelessness of humanity? Would you set it aside for a hope? in a nation, a hope in a government, a hope in your physical well-being? Would you set it aside for anything that this world could offer you? If you would, then you are not deserving of it. Because God has given you a most wondrous gift in His Son. Embrace the truth of it. Know the fullness of it. Walk in faith with it. Declare it among the people. Put confidence in your walk. Put a smile upon your face. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Because that is what you were called to. We love this nation. We love this country. There is none like it in the world. But it has been built upon the strength and power and faith of the Christian. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods, just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006.